Hello, I'm Jeffrey Meshlove. I'm just back from the Psychotronics Conference in Chicago. I may seem a little weary. I just flew in uh, back to Albuquerque just a few hours ago. So, well, <laughs> it's been a little tiring, but I, it's an, it was an exciting event and there are some things I'd like to share with you about radionics. Now, let me start by saying this. You can read a bit about radionics in The Roots of Consciousness, and I'm linking now to the page. It has to do with folklore in The Roots of Consciousness, folklore relating to healing. But my mentor, Arthur M. Young, who was the inventor of the Bell helicopter, was a big enthusiast of radionics. You know, after he invented the Model 47, the very first commercially licensed helicopter that was released in 1947, he began an exploration of uh, all sorts of fringe phenomena, and he wasn't really restricting himself by popular belief because uh, if people thought something was quackery and radionics has been widely viewed as quackery, that didn't stop him from making his own investigations. And he was convinced that uh, even though the radionics machines seemed to have no logical uh, basis that he could figure out, I mean, there were wires inside of these machines that weren't even connected, uh, he thought it was quite legitimate. Although he really thought it was like a, a training wheels. Uh, he, he studied uh, radionics practitioners like Ruth Drown and Frances Farrelly. Frances Farrelly in particular, widely respected for her work in radionics, but she's claimed eventually that the, the radionics devices were like training wheels. And after she learned to work with the device, then she could uh, perform the same sorts of functions without it. But I think what this is, is for some people who might have latent psychokinetic abilities, however, they don't trust themselves enough. And if they're told, well, there's a scientific basis to all of this, you're not really doing it. It has to do with Pythagorean mathematical relationships and Tesla scalar waves and uh, other things, so they don't have to feel responsible for it. Then. It seems to work well for individuals like this. Arthur Young once described to me, and it's not in the book, but he described this, a, uh, an experiment he did uh, where radionics was used to rid a crop of pests. And the radionics practitioners took a photograph of that crop and he marked every other row. I don't know, maybe it was alfalfa, for example. and. He, according to Arthur Young, who said he investigated this, was able to eliminate pests, insects, from every other row of uh, this field using the radionics instrument. And you'll read in The Roots of Consciousness, if you read that section, about Ruth Drown and her camera and Arthur Young's test of the camera. Well, the camera worked without light at all. She put film inside of a black box. He had a toothache. And, and when the film was developed, there was a picture of his tooth. Now, as I say, no lenses, no light. 
and then he decided to test it again. He used his finger. He pressed on his tooth. And when they took the next photo, it was an enlargement of the same tooth. When he pressed on it, of course, because he had a toothache, the pain increased. Well, that, those things impressed him a lot. And at the radionics conference, uh, I call it the radionics conference, it was the psychotronics conference. And at that conference, there were many different vendors of radionics uh, devices and radionics equipment. And uh, all modern, computerized, the latest updated uh, equipment. It was quite impressive. I'm going to show you some photographs of uh, some of this equipment uh, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. It really has the veneer of something very scientific, very technological. But the way it's used is, uh, I, I think, it's actually like a recipe for a magical ritual with the trappings of science. Now, I happened to sit at uh, a luncheon table just yesterday uh, with a fellow who uh, told me he was an engineer and he happened on a radiotics device. Somebody sent it to him because they said they found it in, in the attic or something and didn't know what to do with it. And he's an engineer and they sent it to him and he began studying it to see uh, what it was all about. I can tell you uh, that the history of radionics goes back about a hundred years. The field was basically, uh, the founder is said to be Dr. Albert Abrams, who was a professor of medicine at Stanford University. And even though today it's largely regarded as quackery, uh, Abrams himself was a highly credentialed individual. Now, this engineer who sat next to me at lunch wasn't a vendor. He was just sharing with me his own personal experiences. And he said he learned by contacting the various radionics associations. They have conferences, I think, every year in Rapid City, South Dakota. And uh, he attended those conferences and began to get training in the use of the device and had a mentor with whom he worked. And he told me that he used it actually to recover uh, money that was owed to him. Somebody had borrowed a large sum of money from him, and after 10 years, the fellow hadn't paid him back, but in the meantime, had bought himself a new car and a new house and seemed to be prospering. And, and so he used, you could say he engaged in a magical ritual, really, to get the money back. But it was all done with radionics equipment uh, and, as I say, the veneer of science and technology. And uh, the idea is you find just the right frequency to solve the problem that you need. You use the radionics equipment to broadcast that frequency or to charge objects with that frequency. So, radionics practitioners will sell a variety of jewelry supposedly charged with different frequencies that are used for different purposes. Now, he did this. His mentor said, yes, you can do this. And, and he developed a frequency broadcasting to the, the man who owed him money. And within a few days, I think he said for the first time, it took two weeks. And 
the fellow who owed him the money called him up and he said, you know, I've been feeling really guilty. I haven't paid you back for so long. He said, I couldn't sleep. Uh, all last night because of it, I felt so guilty and I want to start making monthly payments. And uh, the monthly payments came in and uh, it was quite satisfactory. But after about four months, he, the monthly payments stopped. And so, now, uh, according to um, the gentleman who sat with me at the luncheon table, uh, he said that uh, what had happened was he decided to use the radionics device for something else. And in, in the setup that he had only enabled him to work on one project at a time. And so, he had stopped focusing the frequency on this individual. So, consulting with his mentor, he switched over again and began <laughs> with the radiotics device transmitting the psychokinetic frequency. That's what I'll call it because I think it's really psychokinesis. And the radionics uh, device was again tuned to this individual who owed money. And within a couple of days, he called again and he said, oh, I couldn't sleep again. I'm so sorry I missed the payment. I'm just going to send you the entire amount of money I owe you all at once. And that happened. So, here's what I have to say. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, that uh, information that I have just shared with you really belongs in the category of folklore uh, because it, you know, it wasn't well attested. It was one person's account to me of his experience. I have no reason to disbelieve him, but I, on the other hand, I can't say that it was uh, the sort of thing that would stand up in a courtroom. Uh, it's certainly not the sort of thing that uh, was tested in a double-blind scientific experiment, but I do think that it uh, suggests to me people should be looking into this. Probably, uh, there are, I would imagine that if you dug into it, you would find a few scientific studies because I know there are various credentialed doctors who are using this. Uh, it supposedly can uh, heal a wide variety of conditions, uh, as well as uh, uh, all sorts of other psychokinetic projects. I wouldn't be surprised if people use it for weather control and uh, who knows what else, because uh, there are several companies manufacturing these devices. To the best of my knowledge, there must be hundreds of practitioners, and, and I'll bet you could find uh, in various sources, different books and uh, and scientific studies. Uh, as far as Abrams, who was, as I say, a Stanford University professor, he died in 1924, incidentally. Uh, I, I would uh, imagine if one dug back historically, one would find some scientific studies. Surely, a Stanford University professor would, would have wanted that. Although the uh, state of the art of, of science back in the 1920s was not uh, at all what it is today. So, I'm sharing this with you because I think that uh, it's very interesting that if you put the trappings of modern science on top of ancient magical practices in today's environment where the scientists are, you might say, the high priests of our culture, that uh, it has a kind of uh, 
you could call it a hypnotic effect or a, a social, cultural effect, that there, there's a category of individuals, maybe typically people who are trained as engineers and scientists who are not going to uh, feel comfortable doing something if they thought it was simply a magical ritual, but if at least it has the uh, trappings of science, that it enables them to feel emotionally comfortable and, uh, to my way of thinking, activates their psychokinesis. Now, of course, this is all speculative, but what, what does this mean for you? I guess the question you might wish to ask yourself is that uh, would you feel more comfortable um, performing uh, healings, performing uh, actions, making causing things to manifest in the universe if you were under the impression that you were following a scientific protocol. Would that make a difference to you? I think for many people, in fact, it would. Uh, I don't think radionics is for everybody, but it does seem from the reports that I have been hearing that for certain individuals, nerds, you might say, nerdy types of people, that, that this, is, this is a pathway to opening up latent abilities. And perhaps, like Francis Farrelly, you will graduate to the point where you don't really need the equipment any longer, the training wheels, so to speak. But maybe not. I think for some people, they're comfortable with this equipment and they stick with it. And probably like uh, almost everything in the field of parapsychology and the behavioral sciences in general, it will be statistical. It won't work a hundred percent of the time. It may work 60, 70, 80 percent of the time, uh, which isn't bad at all. So uh, give it some thought and once again, thank you for being with me.